Hi, listener. Welcome back to Storybooks, a children's bedtime story podcast that celebrates a good night's rest and the magic of stories. Tonight's story is Sleeping Beauty Part 1 by Charles Perrault and will be read to you by me, your storyteller, Jenna L. Campbell. Get ready for this classic tale as we enter a world of fairies and experience the magic of a long, deep sleep. Let's unwind and enjoy this enchanting adventure together. Stay tuned for the second half of this story, which will be available to you sleepyheads next week. So fluff your pillows, close your eyes, and take a deep breath. Tonight's story goes something like this. Sleeping Beauty, Part 1 Once upon a time, there lived a king and queen who lacked the one thing on earth to make them happy. The pair were young, handsome, and wealthy, and they adored one another. They ruled over a peaceful kingdom, and their people were devoted to them. What more could they possibly want? Well, they wanted this one thing very badly, and the one thing they wanted in all the world was a child. At last, finally, the queen gave birth to a daughter. As soon as the palace guns announced the event, the whole nation went wild with delight. Flags waved everywhere, bells were ringing, crowds tossed up their hats and cheered, and even strangers meeting in the street exclaimed to each other, Our queen has a daughter! Our queen has a daughter! Long live the little princess! A name had to be found for the royal babe, and the king and queen decided to name their daughter Aurora, which means the dawn, the first moment of light before sunrise. The next business, of course, was to hold a christening. They invited all the fairies in the land to be godmothers to Princess Aurora, so that each one might bring her a gift as was the custom with fairies in those days. The king and queen found seven fairies, and this pleased them, because seven is a lucky number. After the christening ceremonies, the trumpets played, and all the company returned to the palace for a great feast. Special seats of honor had been set for the seven fairy godmothers, And before each was a golden plate, along with a spoon, a knife, and a fork, all made of pure gold and all set with diamonds and rubies. But just as the fairies were seating themselves at the table, there appeared in the doorway another fairy dressed in black. She was tall and her long, elegant nose and sharp chin reached for each other, like the points of a crescent moon. She growled to the guests in a terrible voice. 
Where are your kings and queens' manners? Why have I not been invited? She had, in fact, been overlooked. And this was not surprising, because she lived at the far end of the country, in a lonely tower, surrounded by the forest. For 50 years, she had not once come out of the tower. The king hurried over to apologize and led her to the table, and he ordered a nice dish to be set out for her. But unlike the other fairies, he could not give her the same golden plate and utensils with dazzling jewels, because there weren't any left. He and the queen had only seven sets made, for they had only invited seven fairies. The fairy in black was not pleased and ignored the king's apologies as she took her seat. One of the younger fairies, who was sitting nearby, overheard the fairy in black murmuring threats between her teeth. The little fairy feared that the fairy in black might curse the princess with some unlucky gift, so she rose from the table and hid behind Princess Aurora's cradle so that she might have the last word and undo whatever the evil fairy might have in mind. She had barely hidden herself before the other fairies began to bestow their gifts on the princess. They gave her the ability to always be kind, smart, and brave, along with the talents to sing, dance, and play any instrument in the world. Now came the turn of the fairy in black. She bent over the cradle and whispered to the baby princess, this is my gift to you, Princess Aurora. I promise that one day you shall pierce your hand with a spindle, and on that day you shall surely die. At these terrible words, the poor king fainted into his wife's arms, and many ladies and lords and knights of the court burst into tears and many others shouted that they should capture the wicked witch. When the little fairy stepped forth from behind the cradle and spoke to the crowd, Take comfort, for I promise that Princess Aurora will not die. But while I don't have the power to undo the curse, I can change it. The princess will indeed prick her hand with a spindle, but instead, she will fall into a deep sleep that shall last many, many years, ending when a king's son shall come and awake her. The king and queen, while thankful to the little fairy, were still very troubled by the news of the curse. At once, they canceled the festivities. Meanwhile, the fairy in black had already disappeared from the palace riding away upon a broomstick. From that day forward, the king and queen forbade the kingdom to use a spindle, with the hopes that they could save the princess from eternal sleep. The new rules upset many throughout the kingdom, 
especially the townsfolk, who use spindles to make linen for clothing. What fabric would our majesties have us spin without spindles? They all wondered. For 16 years, all the spinning wheels were silent throughout the land, and the little Princess Aurora grew up without ever having seen one. But one day, when the king and queen were out of town, the princess explored throughout the palace, running upstairs from one chamber to another, when she heard a strange whirring noise coming from the top of a spiral staircase. Slowly, she climbed the steps until the very top, to an open door through which she saw an old woman spinning her spindle. What are you doing? asked the princess, who had never seen a spindle before. I am spinning, little one, answered the old woman, who did not know who the princess was or had heard about the law against spindles, for she had been living in the top of the tower for many years. Spinning, asked the princess. What is that? I wonder what the world is coming to these days, said the old woman. Then she said wisely, I'm spinning. How pretty it is, said the princess. How do you do it? Give it to me and let me see if I can do it too. Maybe she had been a little over eager or maybe she had been a little clumsy, or maybe the fairy's words had made it happen. But when Princess Aurora grasped the spindle, it pierced her hand and she dropped down to the floor, falling into a deep, deep sleep. The old woman ran to find others, calling for help, until all the household came pouring up the staircase. All the palace doctors splashed water on her face and tickled her feet, but nothing would awaken the princess. Meanwhile, the king and queen came galloping home, where they gave orders to carry the princess to the finest bedroom in the palace and lay her on a bed embroidered with gold and silver. While her eyes were closed and long lashes would not flutter, her cheeks remained rosy, and her soft breathing told her parents she was still alive. The king and queen ordered everyone to let the princess sleep in peace until her hour of awakening should arrive. As soon as the little fairy had heard about the spindle accident, she set off at once to help her beloved goddaughter arriving quickly at the palace in a fiery chariot drawn by dragons. The king and queen met the little fairy, helping her down from her chariot. The little fairy thought it had been a good idea for the princess to sleep in peace, but she also thought far, far ahead. If the princess were to sleep for 100 years, Everyone she loved would live their whole lives without her. So that when she awoke in 100 years, she would find herself all alone in the old castle. So 
This is what the little fairy did. She touched with her wand against everything and everyone in the palace, even the horses in the stables and the princess's little pet dog. The instant the little fairy touched them, they all fell asleep, not to awake until the exact same moment as Princess Aurora. Within a few hours, trees of all sizes and a tangle of briars and undergrowth grew around the castle. The trees and prickly vines grew and grew until nothing but the tops of the castle towers could be seen. There was no mistake about it. The little fairy had done her work well, and the princess would sleep for 100 years in her quiet, undisturbed chamber. part of the story. I thank you for listening and wish you the sweetest dreams and a good night.